Well, good morning, church, and welcome to the last Vision Sunday of our 2020 vision. Come on. I'm very excited this morning because I get the opportunity to share um, not about what we're going into. Pastor Martin's going to go into that in a second and our vision for the future, but I get to share what God has done over the past five years. And that's just really exciting to me because I love looking back and I love hearing the stories of what God has done in and through this church. So 2020 Vision has been our five-year plan that we've, we put in place um, in 2016. Uh, and it was just a five-year plan to take Gateway to the next level. It was based on the words that our, our team had received and, and the plans that God had for our church and just our belief of what God was promising our church. And, and we set out with this vision statement. We set out with these goals of what we believed God had promised for each and every one of us, what God had promised for our church, and, and we had set out to achieve them by the end of 2020. And I'm really excited because I get to share about all of the really cool numbers and facts of what God has done in and through this church. So it's incredible. Um, so first off, our 2020 vision, it can be summed up like this. By 2020... To be a church of a thousand people, gathering publicly each Sunday and meeting as 20 groups of 20 plus people, where we teach and share God's word in a helpful and life-enhancing way. So this was our, this was our vision going into this 20, our 2020 plan, our five-year plan. Our vision was, by 2020, to be a church of a thousand, to have 20 groups of 20 plus people, and, and to be sharing God's word in a helpful and life-enhancing way. And so with that vision, we had three separate goals. First goal was this. We wanted to be a church of a thousand people. We wanted to have a thousand people who regard Gateway as their home. And see, I want to be very clear with this. When we say this goal, we don't mean we wanted to have a thousand people attending a service every Sunday. Because the reality with church nowadays is you can't gauge how many people come to your church based on Sunday attendance. Most people don't come every week. Most people come every two weeks or once a month or some people come every couple months. And so it's really difficult to gauge who considers your church to be their home. And so when we set out to look at this number, we, we looked at a lot of our different metrics. We looked at a lot of our different um, people who are engaged in the church. And I'm really excited that as of this year, despite the COVID pandemic, despite our dip in numbers and people attending more so online than in person, I'm excited to say that in 2020, we've had 1,048 trackable individuals who consider Gateway their home. And that's so exciting. Come on. See, that's 1,048 people who attend Gateway, who um, support Gateway, who serve on a team here at Gateway. 1,000 people who consider Gateway their home. 1,048 people who consider Gateway their home. And that's only the people that we know about. There's even more people who come and just sit on the sidelines and don't engage and we can't track as, as uh, accurately. So that's really exciting that we've not only met that goal, but we have exceeded that goal in this past five years. And our second goal was this. Our second goal had to do with groups, and it was to have 20 groups of 20 plus people. And so groups are really close to my heart 
as I get to oversee our group's ministry, and I'm really excited about the incredible growth that we've seen in our groups this fall and what God is going to do in and through our groups in the coming years. But our goal with the 2020 vision was by 2020 to have 20 separate groups of 20 plus people. And I'm really excited to say that in 2020, we have had 24 individual groups and we've had 360 or 306 individual people attending and participating in groups. And I know some of you who think mathematically, you're doing the math right now and you're like, 20 times 20 is 400, but you say 306. Did we really meet the goal? Um, the fact of the matter is yes. 306 individuals are plugged into groups, but that doesn't include the people who attend multiple groups. We have group leaders who lead three or four groups by themselves, and, and all these people who participate in multiple groups over the year. And when we factor all of those things in together, we have had over 400 people plugged into their groups this year, which is really, really exciting. We have achieved what God has promised in this past five years with that goal. And then our third goal was this. Our third goal was to be able to hold two Sunday services. Now, obviously, with the COVID pandemic, things have changed slightly. We are obviously only holding one service, two if you include online, but one actual like time slot. But up until the COVID pandemic hit, starting in fall 2019, we were able to successfully launch two services. And until the pandemic hit, we were able to hold those services and we had people participating and we saw incredible growth in those two services over this, those past, or over those six months. And we will be holding two services again. So God not only met that goal last year, but we, re we reached that goal and we we're excited to be going back to that goal as soon as it is safe to do so once again. So three goals Three things we want to see God do. Have a thousand people who consider Gateway their home. We had 1,048. Have 20 groups of 20 plus people. We had 24 groups run this year. And to hold two services. And up until the pandemic, we were able to do that. And, and we, I can confidently say that we achieved all of those goals. We achieved our vision. We achieved everything we set out to do and everything we thought, believed God was calling us to do. But what's really cool about that, and what I love is, as much as the numbers are really cool, each number represents an individual. An individual who, over these past years, has been impacted by the ministry of Gateway, has encountered God here at Gateway, has, has had their life changed because of what God is doing in this church. And unfortunately, we aren't able to track salvations here at Gateway, but we are able to track baptisms. So over the past five years, we have seen 169 individuals get baptized at Gateway. Come on. That's 169 people that not only said, hey, I believe in God and made that decision, but they went public with that decision and said, I'm going to show others that I follow God, that I am a Christian, that I believe in God, and I'm going to go public with my faith. And on top of that, we've also had 71 kids dedicated here at Gateway. That's 71 families who chose to give their or child to God and say, God, take my child. And then us as a church come in and saying, we support you in that. See, all of this is just representing what God has done at our church in these past five years. And it's all really exciting, but I'm even more excited about what God is going to do next. 
So in a moment, Pastor Martin's going to come up and he's going to share our vision beyond 2020, our vision for the years past 2020, and what we believe God is going to be doing in our church in the coming years. But before we do that, I'm going to get you to turn your attention to the screen and watch a recap of the 2020 vision and see what God has done in our church. Isn't that exciting, church? Isn't that great? You know, 12, almost 12 years ago, in February 2021, it will be 12 years ago that my family moved here. And when we first moved here, uh, the, uh, the board at the time, the job description that they had written said, we're looking for a pastor that can take this church to over a thousand people. I remember reading that and thinking, well, I can't do that, but I know a man that can. <laughs> he said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And you know, there were, what was it, three months or something, we didn't have any public services this year. We were online and then we went to public services and only a few of you had the courage to come the first few weeks. And I was looking, I'm thinking, this is the year we're supposed to finish the 2020 vision. And God reminded me, you can't do it anyway. You said it was me that was going to do it. I can work whether there's a pandemic or not a pandemic, whether people are here or not here. There is nothing that can stop my spirit. And even this year, people have been getting saved, coming to faith in Christ being baptized, joining the church, joining small groups, becoming leaders of small groups. God is in the business of building up his church. And what we have just seen there, although it's encouraging for us, it's not so much a pat in the back for us. It's a great amen, hallelujah, and praise the Lord because he has done it. He really has. And uh, over the last five years particularly, it has just been fantastic to see what God has done. And so I am here to talk about beyond 2020. What comes beyond 2020? Now, when I'm using that phrase beyond 2020, I want you to think of it in the positive sense, as in something even better than 2020. I don't want you to think of it as something not as good as 2020, like beyond the meat burger or something like that, <laughs> right? In that case, the word beyond means this doesn't even taste as good as a real burger. But beyond 2020 means this is not only going to taste as good as 2020, it's going to be even better because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and we know that if he's been good to us over the last five years, and in fact over the last 12 years, he has even greater things in store for us in the future. Do you believe that, church? Can you say an amen to that? So, I now only have 11 minutes and 54 seconds, and if I am able to do this, it will be one of the greatest miracles of the 2020 vision, okay? Now, 
I am going to share a little bit about beyond 2020, but what I'm going to share with you is just the tip of the iceberg for the sake of time. Um, next year, in the early part of next year, at our AGM slash Vision Sunday, we will then be sharing more fully about this. So this is just a little appetizer. This is just a little taster, a little starter. And so here we go. About, a, about the middle of last year, I began to pray and I began to seek God and I began to say, Lord, you know, in a year, next year it is 2020 and at the end of 2020, our 2020 vision comes to an end. And I don't want us to just become one of these churches that will now invent programs or buy programs or whatever and become a program-driven church. I want to know what, you, what is on your heart for our church. And you know, God began to really speak to me in a real way. It, it, it was probably over about a three-month period. And it was actually every night I would start praying about, now I'm not usually like this super spiritual, but for this three-month period, it was like every night, the moment I would start to pray and talk to God, His presence would just come down. And before He even began to speak about the church, I felt like I was having a personal spiritual revival. I, I just felt like God was doing a new thing in my life. And I realized very quickly that the new thing that he was doing in my life he was the answer to the what do you want to do in Gateway. And here was what God said to me during that season. He said to me, go back to your roots. Go back to your roots. And so I began to think and pray about what my roots were and how I became a Christian. And I became a Christian during a time in the UK where there was a move of the Holy Spirit happening uh, in the church, in the body of Christ. And church, Christians were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and churches, were, uh, churches that, were, that went with it were being transformed and all kinds of new things, even denominational churches, and all kinds of new things were happening. And uh, then outside of then there was other churches which didn't want anything new and, and if their members suddenly got filled with the Holy Spirit or get miraculously healed or something, they threw them out of the church. And so the Christians didn't know what to do. Where will we go? I don't know. Let, let's just meet in their living room. And they began to meet in their living room and worship God. And within a few years, house churches appeared all over the UK spontaneously. They didn't even know about each other. Then they began to meet up and so on. And by the time I became a Christian, this was, if you like, the brand of Christianity I came into. That the Christians that I, that, that I came amongst, they had already been through this revival, personal and corporate revival of the Holy Spirit. And the, a longing in their heart had come to be like the church that we read about in the Bible. How can we be like the church that we read about in the Bible? And so I, I became a Christian and joined churches where we didn't follow denominational constitutions or things like that. 
We had a constitution. It was called the Bible. And if it was in the Bible, we were doing it. And if it wasn't in the Bible, we weren't doing it. We wanted to become like the early Christians, on fire for God, the people who turned the world upside down, spreading the message of Jesus. And you know, when I became a Christian, I, I became a radical disciple of Jesus. And so did everybody I knew. And as I was praying last year and thinking about that, I realized that one of the reasons that our, our Christian faith got off to such a good start and was so deep and was so strong was the environment that we were born again into, a biblical church. You know, on a Friday night, I would go along to a house church. It didn't actually, it wasn't called a house church. It didn't actually meet in a house. It meant in a little community center. But that was what it was like. And there was about 30 of us or so. And it was not a small group. There was no gimmicks to get us there. We weren't playing Scrabble. We didn't care about any of that. We had a hunger in our hearts for the living God. And we would come together to worship, to pray, to be taught the word, and we had like two like elders, pastors, leaders over this, one of whom was also the pastor of the Sunday church that I went along to, like this. We went to a church on a Sunday, but also had this house church, and the other one was a trainee pastor who eventually planted. An, so like there were quality leaders. And then when I became, uh, when I became a, a young pastor, you know, I remember, I remember uh, planting a church and we, we leased this old nightclub and that was where we met. We didn't do Sunday mornings, we did Sunday nights because we had lots of young people and they couldn't get out of their bed on a Sunday morning, so we made it Sunday at 6 p.m. was our service and we would gather together in this old nightclub we had taken over for our Sunday night services, but then we had house churches throughout the week where people were pastored, where they were shepherded, where they were discipled, where they were cared for, and they cared for one another, and then we would gather together where apostles and prophets, Bible teachers and evangelists would speak from the platform, and the Spirit of God would move, and we would gather together. Miracles would happen. You know, people's lives would be transformed. It was like the book of Acts. And you know, there was another church that we were connected to, and they were more than just a a, a, a Sunday church with house churches, their leader was a real apostle and he also helped other churches and would network together and once a month, we would all go to this other church, this apostolic center where about six different churches would gather together for this, this apostolic center. We're a whole ministry team, a biblical, not the pastor of small groups, the pastor of evangelism, the pastor of hospitality, the pastor of parking your car, the pastor of blowing your nose. We didn't have all of that kind of stuff. We had apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That was what we had. And the Spirit of God would move. Because we had the New Testament church, we had the New Testament experience. The Spirit of God would move in a mighty way. 
I remember one time during the worship, we were all worshiping and singing, and then at the end of the worship, it died down, and then you could hear somebody singing in tongues, and it spread like wildfire over the hundreds of people that were there, and everybody was singing in the spirit. I thought it was for two or three minutes, and then it finished, and we all looked at our watches, and 25 minutes had passed. We had been, we were enraptured by the presence of God in our midst. So, let me just quickly show you. Let's go on. Next one. Next slide, please. So, that was, oh yes, then all the things that God began to speak to me during that prayer time, other people, people from the district of the Alliance, other friends, other people began coming to me with words of confirmation. So we called a day of prayer in January at Camp Nakaman for all of our staff, our board, and our key volunteer leaders. And I didn't tell them anything at the beginning. I said, we're here to pray and seek God. And more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle and more confirmations came. And so let me just show you this. Let me show you some things. What was the church in the New Testament like? Well, it was a two-winged church. You've heard me say that a thousand times. And you know, most churches try to be a two-wing church. We try to have small groups and a big group. We try to have small groups where people can meet together and get to know people and gather them all together on a Sunday as a big group. But strictly speaking, in the Bible, it wasn't really a, a, a small group. It was a house church. They actually had churches that met in houses or in down at the park, or down by the river, or in modern days, in the cafe. Do you know what's really popular in the UK? Little churches, they meet in pubs. And especially, you get lots of guys come to those, those churches, I'll tell you. And little churches meeting everywhere. They were real churches. They worshipped. They took the Lord's Supper together. They were taught the Scriptures. They prayed together. They shared spiritual gifts with one another. And then they would gather together as the whole church. If we had time, I could show you lots of Bible verses that talk about the church that meets in this house, the church that meets in that house, and also when the whole church comes together in one place. It talks about that a lot. But there were also two types of churches. There were churches like that, but then some of the churches, didn't ju they weren't just a city church, you know, like the church in Corinth, the church in Rome, lots of house churches that would gather together in one place. In the city of Ephesus, Paul rented a lecture hall called the Lecture Hall of Tyrannus to gather the church together. So they had their public gatherings and their house gatherings. But some of these churches were more than just a city church. God was raising up within them ministries and gifts and teams, and they were becoming an apostolic center that were sending people out and connecting with smaller churches elsewhere and outside of their region. Let's look at the next slide. And so what we believe God is saying, we believe God is calling Gateway to grow, to evolve, and to go from being a local church to becoming a regional apostolic center. Now let me explain to you what that means. First of all, we will still be a local church. 
If you're one of these strange people that we have in the world that don't like things to change and you, never, you don't want your church to change at all, well, it doesn't need to change for you. It can, you can still just come along on a Sunday to a Sunday service. You can sign up for a small group. It can be exactly the same if that's what you want. We will still be a local church. But as well as that, we are going to build a five-fold ministry team. You know, I have been, and I will continue to be the main teacher, but we need more voices on this platform. We need a lot more voices. We, we need an evangelist to stir you up on this platform. We need a prophet to begin to move in the prophetic gifts and stir them up in you and draw you more. We need all of the ministries, and we need not a pastor or two pastors. We need lots of pastors pastoring small groups of people people, we want to build a five-fold ministry team. And also, we will become a resource center for other churches. We will help other churches get established, and there will be other churches that connect to us as well. You know, when I was praying and saying, God, it looks like we have fulfilled the 2020 vision what comes after the 2020 vision? What do you do once you've fulfilled a vision? And this is a verse that came to me. Let's put it up on the screen. A vision fulfilled is a tree of life. And I felt God saying, if you've fulfilled the vision, it's time to become a tree of life. Now, you might remember about halfway through the 2020 vision, about a couple of years ago or something, Christine made a tree of life. I've got it over here. I'll come back to it in a minute. It used to be over here. It was part of our stage set. It wasn't gold then. It was made of a white, shiny substance so that it would reflect the colors of the lights. And it was a tree of life. I actually did a whole message based on it, on the tree of life. But as I began to realize that our vision for the future, and by the way, this is different from the 2020 vision. We don't have any actual numbers or dates in this. This is, this is a big picture, and we want the Holy Spirit to lead us when it's the right time to take the next step. And so it's a growing thing that will bear fruit. And so as God began to say, look, it's, that tree of life was significant. I said to Christine, would you, can you gold leaf could you gold leaf this tree of life? Because I believe, you know, gold is symbolic in the scripture. God will refine us like gold. He will make us pure like gold. And so I asked her to gold leaf this, and we had a frame put on it. Um, I, by, by our vision Sunday, the, in the early part of next year, we will have found a place in the building to put it as an art installation. With the, we will have the scriptures beside it that talk about the tree of life. And so I said to her, would, would, and so for the last week she has been gold leafing this. Actually, my daughter Deborah helped her, although they have sat today in the only row in the whole building that you can't see the tree of life from. <laughs> but uh, And so this tree of life, I want you to notice that a tree has a lot of roots. And not only that, but a tree puts out new branches. And so here, let's go to the next slide. This is what our vision is going to be. Next slide, please. 
If we want our church to be a tree of life, then we need to have a root system. Look at this complicated root system here. And that's all under the surface. You never know what is going on under the surface of someone's heart. And you know, we want to be a church. I hope you do. Do you not want to be a person that is a tree of life, that is an oak of righteousness planted by the Lord? We want to be people with a good root system. We want to be rooted in Christ. You know, I thank God for all of his blessings, all of his provisions, all of his guidance, all of the prayers that he answers, the success that he gives us. But do you want to know, all of that is the icing on the cake. See if we never got, see if the only thing you got was Jesus Christ, you have got everything you could possibly need. And I want this church to be Christ-centered. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is shifting sand. And so we want to be Christ-centered, and we want to be radical disciples of Jesus. We want to be people who are, who, are, who are grounded in the Word of God. We want to be strong in Scripture, and for Scripture to be alive in our lives. And we want to be like the oak trees in Psalm 1, that our roots will go down near the river, and the rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit, will be filling us. We, want, we don't want to just believe in a theory, we want to experience the presence of God. That's the kind of Christian I want to be. Is that the kind of Christian you want to be? I hope it is. Well, if, if that's the case, then we're going to have to do something that enables people to become those kinds of Christians. So let's look on at the next slide. So imagine the main trunk of a tree here, the main trunk of a tree. This is, uh, this is Gateway Alliance Church. It is our building, our campus, our property, our Sunday services, kids ministry, youth ministry, everything that happens in here. This is the main trunk of the tree. We will still have the main trunk of the tree. We will still be a local church. We will still have Sunday services. Although the quality, I believe, is going to go up as, as God raises up my ministry team here. But we will still have the main trunk of the tree. But it's actually going to get fatter or thicker or stronger. Because what are the three main things that we do on a Sunday? You know, we worship God, we teach God's word, and we pray and very often have a prayer team offering prayer for people. Well, those three ministries will continue in our Sunday services. But as we go from being a local church to an apostolic center, those three ministries will also become ministries in their own right here in the church. We pray and we pray for people. But you know what Jesus says? My house should be a house of prayer for all nations. And we want to see a house of prayer, a prayer ministry all the time, seven days a week eventually, established in here for people who feel called to be people of prayer, to be part of, or people who need prayer for healing or anything else, to come and receive prayer for healing. I believe a house of prayer will be established here. We also worship we worship God here. And don't we have an amazing worship and creative arts team here in the church, don't we? And you know, 
See some of the, even some of the media, the videos that we produce, I look at them and I think they're better than the ones that churches buy from professional companies. An amazing team that we have here. Well, I believe we will go from just having great worship on a Sunday to actually being a worship center. I don't know what that means, but I do know that music, songs, videos, creative things that will be birthed in this church will go all over the world and will impact churches all over the place. I don't know how, how this ministry will develop. It's the people in worship and creative arts, the gifts that God has given them, the desires and dreams that he has put in their heart that will eventually develop it into a worship center. And then thirdly, we teach the word on Sundays, but we want to do that more. And we are going to take the embryonic uh, Gateway Academy, and it's going to be birthed into something bigger. We are going to establish a training school here for the people of Gateway and anybody from any church that wants to come. And um, we're going to design it so you don't have to quit your job to do it. Uh, so as many people as possible can come. You will be taught the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. You will be taught practical Christianity so you can become a strong disciple of Jesus. You will discover your own gifts, talents and ministries and you'll be given practical hands-on ministry experience and the opportunity to be part of teams that will be sent out here. We've already got people in Vancouver Island, in Scotland, in a big castle, in, in Scandinavia who are asking us when the time is right, send your teams to us. We want to be part of what God is doing. And so that is really exciting. So that is the main trunk. Let's look at the next branch, one of the branches of the tree. This, we already have this branch. We've already got the main trunk, although it's gonna get fatter, and we've already got this branch. This is our family ministries. They will, actually, Pastor Darian basically looks after this area, but he has a couple of part-time staff members that help him with kids and youth. But that's gateway kids, gateway youth, gateway groups. So uh, no matter where you are in the family, we will continue to develop ministries, local church ministries to meet every need. But what our tree is gonna do is well, it's already like this, but as well as its trunk getting broader, we are sprouting a new branch. Let's look at our new branch that we're sprouting. Next slide, please. And we're calling this the Ecclesia Network. Ecclesia is the Greek word used in the Bible for church. And it actually means, what it means is, if all the citizens in an area were called together like for a voting meeting or something like that, they were, in Greek, they were called the ecclesia. And that's the word the Bible uses for church because what a church is, is the citizens of the kingdom of God in an area gathering together to change and transform that area for the kingdom of God. And as well as our small groups, we are wanting to plant, to establish, to connect with, to adopt, to encourage, whatever it may be, 
many churches, house churches, cafe churches, churches and hotels and businesses and community centers, wherever they may be, small, sometimes people call them mini churches, some people call them micro churches, some people call them simple churches, because you don't need all of this stuff to make them work when you're in your living room. And uh, we, so we want to establish churches with real pastors, real shepherds, real elders over them to be, and to develop their own vision. And our, uh, not only would we bring the leaders together for training, but our apostolic team and others would visit these churches. House, cafe, and, and many churches with local elders or lay pastors where the focus is on those who desire to become radical, spirit-filled, New Testament-style disciples of Jesus. This is our tree of life. And I don't know how it's all going to come to place, but I do know that in 2021, we are going to launch two things. We are going to launch the first of our house and cafe churches, and we're going to start our fully-fledged school of ministry training school here in the church, probably in September next year, to give us time to plan and prepare and, and advertise and so on. And this basically is what our church is going to become like. It is going to be a tree of life with a deep root system, with our family ministries and our Sunday services, but what we're already doing, we want to do even more. Plus, we want to sprout out and do things that we've never done before. One of the verses that God gave me, it comes from the book of Zechariah. I don't have it here. And it says, it says, behold the man whose name is the branch, from his place he shall branch out, plus he shall build the house of the Lord. The idea is of the, we are going to continue to build the house of the Lord, but as well as that, we are going to branch out from this place to impact other people wherever we may be. Listen, I think if we focus on following the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the church that we see in the Bible, and if we really desire to be a church that is a tree of life with a strong root system, then every one of us is going to flourish in life. Look at my last verse. Here's what it says. It says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. That is one of the verses. A vision fulfilled is a tree of life. One of the verses that will go along with this art installation. And the other one is this, that not only is the church a tree of life, but each one of us if you get yourself planted in the house of the Lord, in whatever branch fits you, maybe it's small group ministry or youth ministry, maybe you're excited about the prospect of being part of a little church that meets in, in a cafe on White Ave or something like that, or maybe you want to sign up for the training school or something else that we have mentioned has stirred your heart. Get planted in it. Get your roots down deep because if you get planted in the house of the Lord, not only does that benefit the house of the Lord, that benefits you because you will flourish, you will bear fruit, you will blossom in every area of your life. 
And I am so thankful for the great team that we have here, for all the people who volunteer, for all of you who give, and for our amazing staff. And you know, recently, two of our staff members were promoted. As you know, Darian became our associate pastor, Mitch became our, direct, our executive director, and myself and those two guys now form our senior leadership team and look after the rest of our fantastic staff as well. And I, I want you to pray. Pray for, don't just pray for the church, do that. Pray for one another, but pray for the staff as well as they begin to lead uh, their teams and ministries in this new direction. Let's have a quick look at our staff team. Oh, that's, this is exciting. I, I'm going to tell you guys, I've been coming here a long time, and I'm just really excited about the foundation that God has built here, you know? For, for something to be strong and something to be built strong, it needs to be built just on that solid foundation. And we're really excited about the team, and I'm really just excited about everything that Martin's been talking about. Um, the, last, the last time we did one of these Vision Sunday services, it was the first online only service. We were all adapting. We, we, we were learning again how to do church in a new space, in a new world. Um, and we, we, we sat in the office, Martin, Darian, and I, probably for about an hour, we talked, we said, do we still want to do Vision Sunday? This Like, how are we going to do this Vision Sunday thing? Because we're going to talk about the rest of the, tw- we're, we're going to take a vision offering. Um, you know, but thankfully our prayers were answered. We, we still ask for a vision offering. As I mentioned on a video the last couple of weeks, we still received over $25,000. So thank you guys. Um, and we're going to be asking you again, um, just in a couple of minutes, um, to do the same thing this week. But I want to I want to share a story with you first. You guys have probably heard this before. Um, but I just want to encourage you to open your heart and just see what God will reveal to you through this story this morning. You know, even for myself, as I was going through and just reading the Bible this week, like there were like six or seven, we could probably preach like Martin could probably do like a whole week's sermon series or like month sermon series on just this one story. So God revealed a lot of things to me as I was studying and it's where Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? So the story starts, Jesus, he'd heard about like John the Baptist and in some translations it says it's his cousin. In some translations, it's a relative. Um, either way, he heard out, he, he had heard that John the Baptist died. He passed away and not just like, you know, passed away. He was beheaded and his head was served on a platter. So just like this terrible, gruesome thing. So Jesus, he withdraws by boat. He takes off, takes some time to pray like he often does. And the crowds, they heard about this and they followed him. So they were waiting for him on shore. Jesus hears about this. He comes back. And, you know, instead of doing what we might do, say, you know, like, I need some time. I'm going to deal with this. Like, you know, my cousin just got his head chopped off, you know. Instead, he has compassion for the crowd. You know, he prays for the crowd. He heals the sick. So before this story even starts, God is showing us, Jesus is showing us his priority is you, right? So he's there. He's healing the sick. Him and his disciples, they're, they're approached with the problem. Let's put up that first. Yeah, they're approached with the problem. So it starts getting late, right? Jesus, he's still doing his thing. He's still healing himself. And the disciples are like, uh, hey, Jesus, buddy, you know, we haven't had daylight savings time. It's like the sun's going down at 430. How are we going to feed everybody? We need a plan. Some of the disciples come to him 
and they say, send the crowds to the towns. They need to buy food. Philip comes up to him, he says, Jesus is gonna take more than a half year's wages to feed all these people. You know, money, we don't have it. Andrew brings to Jesus a boy who's willing to give them two small fish and five loaves. Andrew says to Jesus, but this, is, this isn't gonna be enough. How far is this gonna go? There's so many people, there's 5,000 people. Some scholars say they're actually closer to 15,000, 20,000 when you consider that the women and the children that were there. So, you know, how far will this go? There's so many people. See, the problem is scarcity. The problem is just our belief that there is not gonna be enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough food. There's not enough. We are often just stopped in our tracks when we have goals, when we wanna do things, when we have an exciting new vision, just based on the belief that we don't have enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough food. How are we gonna do this, right? And the belief in scarcity is one of the biggest roadblocks that we have to pursuing big goals and big visions. You know, not just here in the church, but in your lives. I hear this all the time. Then we have, then we have the gift. So we have this boy. He offers up his two small fish and his five barley loaves. And as Andrew, not this one, <laughs> as Andrew already mentioned, when matched up to the needs of the many, it was just seemingly insignificant. It was not enough. There were big needs. There was a big vision, a tree of life. Everyone would be fed. See, it starts with just a seemingly insignificant gift from just a boy, seemingly insignificant boy. And Jesus says, bring the bread and the fish to me. So, so Jesus, church, let me just encourage you, as we call you this morning to prayerfully consider your vision offering gift, consider this. The whole miracle in this story starts with just a, a boy, seemingly insignificant gift. So Jesus takes the two small fish and the five barley loaves. He starts the multiplication. Jesus, he takes the five loaves, looks up to heaven. He gives thanks, breaks the bread. Jesus, he then, he gives it, he doesn't give it away himself. He gives it to the disciples to distribute. He didn't do it himself. He had his team. Maybe there's a lesson in there about volunteering, but uh, I'll save that for another week. <laughs> and then everyone ate and was satisfied from two fish, from five loaves. From scarcity, Jesus multiplied and God provided. Right, in churches, we call you to prayerfully consider your vision offering gift, consider this, in God's economy, gifts are multiplied until everyone has had enough. There's always enough to feed everyone, right? This story takes us from nobody, even the people closest to Jesus, believing that there is enough, that scarcity, to everyone being satisfied. And then something else happens. The disciples, they go around and they collect the leftovers. <laughs> Because you see, in God's economy, not only are gifts multiplied until everybody's satisfied, gifts are multiplied until we have abundance. See, we have evidence of this just right here in Gateway. This year, somehow, um, even with COVID-19, with the loss of in-person services for a long time, uh, for months, 
Um, you know, we, we've taken less in weekly tithes. We haven't been able to, in the, before COVID, we were doing a lot of one-time facility rentals. So if you had a, a concert or an event, you know, like this is a, a great place to do that. So we took in a lot of money from that stuff too. Let me tell you this church, before right now, we have more money in our bank account somehow than we did at the beginning of COVID. Like, right? Like, and thank you for those of you that have continued to partner with us through this. Um, see, God multiplies. You know, earlier, we, Martin came up, he was talking about the new vision. It's going to require multiplication. <laughs> it's going to require abundance. And we want to close out this year and we want to close out the 2020 vision with a bang. And we're ending the year, this year we're ending with two big events. Um, this is the big one here. Let's put up the Christmas in Edmonton graphic. So on Christmas Eve, we do just an awesome service. Um, we got lots of fun stuff going on. And then we have the Sunday following that, the 27th, we're going to do a, like a volunteer Christmas party. We want to just appreciate all of you just for an awesome year. So that's going to be a blast too. And see that Christmas season is when we get the most visitors. It's when our family is the most likely to come. See, my mom, my mom's not yet a Christian. She comes every single year to the Christmas Eve service and hears about the love of Jesus, right? And we're just like we're praying for her. <laughs> and uh, this, so this year, we've been, we've been cutting a lot of expenses. You know, I mentioned earlier, income hasn't been the same. Um, COVID, we've all heard it a million times. But we want to do something awesome this Christmas. We want to show the love of Jesus to our friends. We want to show the love of Jesus to, you know, our community. And we want to show the love of Jesus to our families, right? Um, but in order to do that, we're going to need some multiplication. We're going to need some abundance. So just as I call you just in moments here to prayerfully consider your vision offering gift, consider this. Our Christmas miracle here starts with your gift, that seemingly insignificant gift. I want to encourage you all to stand. I'll get the worship team to come out now. And I want, normally we have, you know, the, the symbolism of an envelope. We have offering envelopes. We're not allowed to do those now. So I want everybody to pull out their cell phones right now. And just symbolically, um, to give online, our website is gateway.ac slash give. You see it here. Um, and there's also a pledge to give button. So if you're not able to give, but you feel like God is leading you to a place um, where you want to contribute to this vision offering, you can click pledge to give now. But I want everybody to just symbolically type that website in. And we're just going to hold our phones out, stretch your phones out. And we're just going to pray for this offering. And then our worship team is going to lead you just in a, in a time of prayer and worship. Father, we just thank you that in your kingdom, God, there is always enough, God. And in your kingdom, there is always abundance. And God, we just pray over this, this, offer, this offering, this vision offering, but also we pray just over this new vision, God. And we just pray that you would call us forward, God, that you would call us to a place, God, where we're just able to serve you and we're able to influence our community and our world for you. And everyone said, amen. Let's worship church.